Socialites, and welcome back to the Social Studies Podcast, the podcast where we study being social by being social. Today's episode is brought to you by Procrastination because for the 9,000th time in my professional career, I've put off lesson planning all weekend and should be doing that today. However, I'm probably not going to start until around midnight, get half of it done before I fall asleep. Then I'm going to race to work while sipping hot coffee, burning the roof of my mouth, and speed get it done before the students get there in the morning. Meanwhile, somebody will rush into my room and tell me about 19 other things that are due that day, and it will take every ounce of my sanity not to tell them, I'm busy, please leave me alone. But, you know, uh, I continue to fall down this sick cycle every single week, and here I am yet again. But I will say that this. I don't know how, but somehow it all gets done. So I'ma do me, you do you, and we're just gonna, you know, continue with our lives, Jane. You understand, Jane? You see what I'm saying, Jane? We all got that Jane that we work with. She's super type A. The way that I work sends her into a straight up panic attack. But at the end of the day, I'm getting mine done. You're getting yours done, Jane. Look the other way, let me do my thing, and you just go ahead and do yours. Capiche? Capiche. Thank you, Jane. I'll see you in the lounge for donuts on our prep hour, maybe, if you're lucky. I've been so teacher-tired this week. Severely teacher tired. Well, okay, not as not as severe as this one girl. One girl slid in my DMs this week and told me that she was so teacher tired that she went to turn off her lamp next to her bed and she blew on it like a candle to turn it off. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I did um do two extremely idiotic things this week. I I eat lunch in my car every day because um the windows are open in the school and it's really cold. So I sit in my car to warm up a little bit. And also teaching is one of those professions where you're always surrounded by people. And let me tell you what, I need 35 minutes to myself. Okay. I don't need anyone trying to find me, trying to tell me what's going on next. I just, I'm hiding. Okay. I mean, I'm basically a squirrel in hibernation in my car. Do not bother me. I may bite you and give you rabies. Anyway, I'm eating lunch in my car. I get out of my car. I walk all the way back in my classroom, realize I don't have my keys in my hand. Why? Oh, it's because my car is still running in the middle of the street. In the middle of the street. Like, what? What? And then I, I did kind of freak out, drop everything and run there because there's a lot of interesting characters that live on this block. I'm like, please, God, let my car still be there. And if it, if it is still there, I would appreciate it also, God, if everything that was in the car is still in the car. I got to my car. It's still running. Not only is it still running, the music is still on. So I just completely absentmindedly just opened my car door and went right back to work. Who does that? Who does that? It's me. It's me. The other teacher tired moment I had was on Patreon this week. Okay, Patreon fans, I know we had the Zoom show last Thursday. I don't know what happened. The The capacity restrictions were set to 100 people, so there was about 300 of you who couldn't get into the room, and I noticed it about a fourth of the way into the show and changed it, and 
It looked like maybe a hundred more of you got in there, but I do know that there are some of you who weren't. I am so sorry for that. My teacher brain was just so, so full. So, so full. Okay, I'm sorry. But because of that, I'm going to do another Zoom comedy show this month on May 19th. So if you are a Patreon fan, you have full access to that Zoom comedy show. I'm going to get more teacher comics in there. Make it fun. Make it worth our while. Um, and we'll see you there on the 19th. And if you want to become a Patreon fan, you can too. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. You get access to the Zoom comedy shows. There's four per year. And also bonus episodes of all the podcasts. And also the submissions that I get for the podcast now exclusively come through Patreon fans. So if you want to become a Patreon fan, you can. Patreon.com slash Joe Dombrowski. Speaking of Patreon, wow, you guys are coming through for your boy. Thank you so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. That's how we keep the podcast going. We have a ton of new members. I'm going to say uh, a lot of them on the podcast this week. Thank you so much to Danielle Wisdom, Srefany, Tam Bickerstrath from Australia. Love you, Tam Tam. Miss you, girl. Caitlin Craig, Kimmy Fremont, Megan Aboom. Christy Moran, Kathy McCurry, Brittany Rothbauer, Emma Wortman, Kelsey Benson, Brittany Bliss, Megan H., Riley Grace, Allie Graves, Bailey Bayer, Kara Zielinski, Brittany Smith, Jennifer Kowal, Allison Mackin, Genevieve Krebs, Shelby Spirit, Sprite? Sorry if I butchered that, Shelbs. Love you, girl. Alyssa Holtz, Erica J. Boardwell. Jen Moore, Olivia Sanders, Summer Smith, Stephanie Coke, Coke, Stephanie, I think it's cock, but I don't, now I've said it, okay, you know who I'm talking to, Stephanie, love you, Sarah, just Sarah, Kelsey Bauer, Nicole Loken, Miss Lone Tree, I love that you just made your name Miss Lone Tree, that's the best, Emma Robosh, Shelly Burns, Jessica Macedo, Lori Darnold, Julia McQuaid, Preston K, Amy Wattenpool, Violet Arnold, Mel, Kalia, Kelly Moore, Gail Seuskind. That's a name, Gail Seuskind. And Joe Cremona. Joe, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Joe. Joe wrote me the sweetest message. He said that last week's episode with Mr. Williams really connected with him. Uh, he was once in a situation in a school where he was not fully accepted from who he was. And then he totally believed in himself, switched places. And he now is talking to me about how he is truly living his authentic self in the school district and school that he's in right now, where he's completely welcomed to live his truth, both in and out of the classroom. Joe, I love that so much. I'm so glad that you heard uh, the podcast and that you connected with it. And that's exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing, just being myself. So people are themselves in the classroom too. Teachers are too often expected to be these like cookie cutter uh, beacons of perfection in the real world and we're people too and we're living regular lives too so joe you do you baby you do you i love you i think the reason that i messed up on the zoom show this week with the with the capacity restriction is because i just had the wildest week in the classroom it was it was next level so you guys know they go to the garden i take them to maryland's garden the woman in the community who lets them like basically forage like like cave people in her garden and eat stuff and things. We went to the garden again. The past like five weeks, things are just blooming and growing and she like lets them, lets them feed, right? Well, this week there was rhubarb that was apparently ready to eat. It was 
hysterical. Marilyn like hawked off a piece of rhubarb. I I don't think it was ripe. Marilyn Marilyn said it was ripe. I'm not sure that it was. Isn't rhubarb supposed to be like super red? Let me tell you what, this section of rhubarb was not. And she's like, oh, it's bitter. You guys could experience what bitter was, okay? The kids took a bite of this rhubarb and I don't know if they like didn't want to hurt Marilyn's feelings or if they really wanted to like the rhubarb. But when they bit it, their faces, their little faces just scrunched up like raisins. And you could tell like there was some serious sourness going on in that mouth. But I would ask them, do you like it? They're like, uh-huh. I, I love it. <laughs> it's so good. I just, mm, I, mm, I love rhubarb. Like, like, you can spit it out. <laughs> you don't have to eat it. But they kept going, and then they asked for seconds, and I was like, oh, my God, you guys are going to get some sort of a stomach ache. Then I, like, I wanted to try the rhubarb. <laughs> so I asked Marilyn for a piece. She gave it to me. I was like, this rhubarb is terrible. This tastes like lemons. <laughs> like, I don't think. I don't think we should. <laughs> be ruining their taste buds like this right now but they went for it they were good sports it was real cute it was real cute um but because of i think all the feeding that's been happening in maryland's garden the kids now are eating plants period i caught them on the playground they were just picking weeds and eating them like not not like any weed like the the weeds that grow in the cracks of the blacktop, those are the weeds of choice in kindergarten. They're just munched away. I went over there. I'm like, I, got, I, got. like I don't know. I can't identify this plant, okay? Like, I'm not some hiking nature person who knows that this is not poison ivy. You all, your throats could close right now. So if you could just please not chew on wild herbs, that would be fantastic. So I had my eye on them the rest of the day. I'm like... Dear God, please don't let these kids start hallucinating. If they do, please point me to the right direction of those weeds so I can extract them and sell them on the streets of Seattle because I'm pretty sure there's a market for that. And I'm a broke teacher and and you never know. There, there are things that we need to do. Anyway, I guess uh, I guess in a roundabout way, that might be some some animal testing situation like thing going on, but no, I'm not allowing them to eat weeds on the playground. Absolutely not. It was also my birthday this week though. The the kids do like the wildest things and like you want to be mad. And then the next second they do the cutest stuff and you want to be happy. And like, you just can't discipline them because they're just too friggin' cute. They're, they're just perfect. So it was my birthday this week. So when I went on my lunch break, my co-teacher that I teach with, who I'm obsessed with, we're becoming very good friends. She had the kids make birthday cards for me, but they all like they drew and put like the things that I like in their pictures and like the things that they know about me. So my favorite color is yellow. So most of them are yellow, which was super cute. But one kid, oh my gosh, Zach, he he made a card for me. The entire thing was black and yellow checks. And I was like, what's going on here? And he's like, hey, I, I made it black and yellow because you're colorblind. And you said those are the colors that you can see the best. I was like, I love you. I can see it, Zach. I can see it. <laughs> Thank you for making this for me. It was so cute. They knew I like dogs. So they drew pictures of me as a dog. 
The best one, though, is this one kid drew like a big heart, but it was kind of like elongated. So the top part that kind of looks like an M was very far down from the tip of the heart. And he gave me the birthday card. He goes, I drew a heart. I'm sorry. It looks like balls, though. I'm like, holy shit. It does look like balls. <laughs> Thank you so but this one's going on the fridge and it's never leaving. Oh God, thank you for this, this, this moment of joy that I also needed so I can forget that you're all really just a bunch of weed eaters. Do you guys ever think about that? Like kindergarten teachers, pre-K teachers who are listening right now. Like sometimes I genuinely think that I, every day at eight o'clock in the morning, get dropped off on a different planet where they're, they are the local community of aliens and I'm the outcast because they all just like talk to each other and understand each other. And then I'm coming in, like trying to get them to be a different way. And it's like, oh God. But they just function. It's like I'm on a different planet. Like it's very appropriate for them to argue to each other about their ages. Like I'll have a kid come up to me and be like, he said that I'm not five. I'm like, are you five? Yes. Then why is this even an argument? You know that it's a fact, but this is just uh, this is kindergarten culture. This is appropriate for kindergarten. This is what they do. Also in kindergarten culture, I don't know if you know this or not. But if you can't open your snack or your lunch, instead of saying, can I get some help over here? You just tug and pull at it and you go. And you look right at me. And that is kindergarten culture for I need help. Please bring scissors to cut my string cheese. I went over. I'm like, you sound like a baby cow. Like, what? what is the sound? <laughs> What's the sound that you're doing? You literally sound like a farmer just put chains around your hooves and is pulling you out of your mom's cowgina. Like, what, what is happening? This... <laughs> I had another kid out of nowhere. Like, I was, we were doing subtraction. In the middle of subtraction, he goes, I can make a baby alligator noise. I was like, oh, okay. How many are we going to add? And he goes, that's alligator for three. I am on planet Kinder, okay? And I need to make contact with Earth because I'm about to die, I'm pretty sure. Oh, man. Wow. I got another guest for you this week. This one's, this is amazing. This is actually the 2020 National Teacher of the Year, Tabitha Rossbroy. She's actually a pre-K teacher. She's the first ever pre-K teacher that has won the title of National Teacher of the Year with good reason too. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. I was so inspired by it. Her classroom is actually inside of a nursing home retirement facility. And the old folks who live there are the volunteers in her classroom. I'm not going to give it away. You got to hear it from her herself. She's got such an incredible story, and I cannot wait for you guys to meet her. Without further ado, welcome to the Social Studies Podcast, Tabitha Rossbroy. I feel like I'm sitting here with like teacher royalty right now. (laughs) I am here with the 2020 National Teacher of the Year, Tabitha Rossbroy. <laughs> hey, Queen. Hey. 
Okay, wait. Before anything, though, um, did I hear through the grapevine that you are theatrically inclined? Oh, yes, you did. I oh, am. Baby. <laughs> wait, what, what do you do? do you, you do improv, right? Yes. I have like a background in improv comedy. I went to college on a theater scholarship. I was pretty active in show choir. So I'm like very good at a box step um, in jazz hand. But that didn't really last the theater scholarship because you have to be really super committed to theater as a career when mm-hmm. you take the scholarship. And I, I just couldn't do that, you know, my whole life. I knew I wanted to be a teacher. And so it was a huge time commitment. So um, I'm also not a very good dramatic actor, like comedies my my thing i'm not very serious like as a person or as an actor so improv um i was a part of an improv comedy troupe and i'm still i'm still active in helping you know teach some young middle school kids improv and use it um you know with other adults and facilitating groups because it can be a great way to just like accelerate you know intimacy and vulnerability with people to build relationships i think you're gonna vibe with me on this one though it is a goal of mine that when i when I'm done with my time in the classroom, mm-hmm. I want to persuade a uh, pre-service teacher program at a university to allow me to teach a mandatory improv class to all elementary pre-service teachers. Yes, they need it. I like. I always say that teaching is like ninety percent theater. And oh my god, is- <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's absolutely true. And I think that you know, especially in this time from behind a screen, right? A lot of us are teaching remotely or in and out of remote learning. We have to be able to engage and be silly and be foolish, and that can be scary, you know, even in front of kids because. I don't know. We're worried about what they might think. Okay. Right. Who, who like eat their own boogers still and stuff like that. Don't worry. Don't sweat it. They're going to think you're cool no matter what. On top of the like speaking part of the like personal performance, I think improv is so important for pre-service teachers to have also because I think you're like me. Like I'm known for being Mr. Flexible in the classroom. <laughs> Because you know how it is. Like, you have your plans. It will never go that way. Never. I can't even remember once that it has. (laughs) And my my biggest teaching pet peeve is those teachers who can't let it go. It's like, girl, you need improv. You have Mm -hmm. to just roll with the punches Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. It's that yes and philosophy, right? You have to remind yourself of it constantly. Like, yeah, let's just go with that. It helps you go be flexible and move with your students' interests and engage with them, uh, you know, in a much deeper way. Listen, this is what's going to happen. You're going to leave Kansas. I'm going to leave Washington. We're both going to New York. It's going to be a two-woman show. Okay. (laughs) And it's just called Teachers. And it's unscripted. (laughs) Come on. Can we get an idea from the audience? Something the shape and size of a toaster. Anything. (laughs) Not a toaster. (laughs) And then someone yells out, IEP. Oh, my God. It was like a teacher-centric improv show. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I think that'd be so great. It's really actually kind of similar. Oh, um, we, you're, I think we, I think we're going to do it is what oh, I think absolutely. is going to happen. <laughs> so write in, you can apply um, in the Google form. We're going to make really quick. If you want to be a part of our troop, we'll hold tryouts, but otherwise it's a two woman show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so here for this. All right. All right. All right. But you teach pre-K, right? I do. Yes. For 10 years. For, oh my gosh. Okay. We've been teaching. We're, we got into the game at the same time, baby. So um, are you the first ever national teacher of the year who was uh, pre-kindergarten? Yes. Incredibly. No way. Oh, I had no idea at first when I was named that that was the case. But yeah, in the entire nearly 70 years of the program, there's never before been a pre-K teacher. 
That's insane. Mm. I mean, you want to know what the fact of the matter is, is? So I've always wanted to teach kindergarten and now I actually am teaching kindergarten. <laughs> and when I was teaching like fifth and sixth grade, I'm not going to say that I stuck my nose down to pre-K teachers, mm -hmm. but I definitely had a misunderstanding that it was, you know, uh, daycare with some learning. Oh mm -hmm. my God, was I wrong. I know. It really is just this like sort of preconceived notion, right? That, that what we're doing in pre-K or all of early childhood, right? You know, kindergarten, first, second, even third grade sometimes um, is, is like less academic or less work in some way. But I tell you what, I'm exhausted at the end of every single day, exhausted physically, exhausted emotionally, but also filled with joy, right? It's the best place to be for laughing. And it is the best place to be to get a compliment, you know, unsolicited. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. I, I, my kindergartners build me up so strong. I'm just like, please continue telling me how beautiful I am. You're not What's done. Like the, the weirdest compliment you've ever gotten? Have you ever gotten like a really weird one? Your nose is so big. I love it. Like... <laughs> It was the I love it for me. Yeah. <laughs> One student told me that he liked my skin and he liked my gums. Oh, he likes your gums. Like like, very silence of the lambs. <laughs> like, thank you. I like your gums. Oh, that's great. I that is really hard. So I was like looking at my class today and I was just like, oh my God, I love this so much. No, nothing. It's just they're so like joyful and, and, and their little tantrums, you can like work with them through it because they're just mm -hmm. so little. I don't know. I love it. I love it's kinda, it. Yeah, they trust you. Mm -hmm. uh, they love being at school. That's like the big difference. I have tons of secondary teacher friends and they they have a different, you know, vibe and I love them. And one day maybe I'll be a part of something like that. But the difference is that our kids just automatically love us. Like the buy-in yeah. is so quick in early childhood. Out of nowhere. And then, oh my God. Tabitha, all those little <laughs> pictures that it's like you and them that they drew together and then the hearts. Oh, no one's ever loved you this much. No one's ever. And no one ever Mona, will. Come on, people get into pre-K and kindergarten. Get down here. We need you. Just you tell me I'm pretty and give me a cupcake. Like that's yeah. all I need to be happy. <laughs> you want to hear something weird? Come down here. <laughs> um, but you teach in a very unique school. Now you teach yeah. in your classroom is actually mm -hmm. housed in a uh, retirement and um, re what is it? Retirement and it's like a retirement village and nursing home and nursing home. Oh, yeah. tell me about that. Tell me about that. So it's a really, it's a public school program and we're actually the first public school preschool in the state of Kansas to do this. And we are housed, like our classroom is in the heart of a nursing home and we have volunteers in our classroom every day, you know, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. We had to move out this yeah, year yeah. Um, because of COVID. Um, but we have volunteers in our classroom every single day at all parts of the day. We're doing things with the residents in the nursing home. We call them our grandmas and grandpas. No, and it stop. Is <gasps> yeah, <laughs> we do. They're all like Grandma Sue, Grandpa Joe. No, you know? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> it is very cute. Now, listen, there's a video that will make you cry. It's on YouTube and it's called Cumbernauld Little Vikes. OK, Cumbernauld is a Scottish word. And it is, yeah, it's about five minutes. Take five minutes of your life and watch it and you will see how beautiful this program is. I'm a, I'm, I'm 100% going to do it. I'll actually yeah. even link it in the show notes to the yeah. show. I'll tell you, the person who made the video for us, it, he was a high school student at the time, Bennett Boyle, and now he's in film school in Chicago. And so this was like practice for him, but he did such a good job. Like when you see what kids can do, this is just another reason that being a teacher is so great. You see what kids can do and you 
feel a little bit inferior, but also you are so proud. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's the thing. What is it about little kids and old people that just go together? Have you figured it out? You know, I think it's like, it reminds them of their youth, right? In in a way that's super vulnerable. Like this is another reason that I love young children. Another reason that I love improv is because of the vulnerability, like in the courage that just exists as a part of their lives. They are who they are. They are unashamed. And I think they remind the elderly population of that time in their lives. And they've been pretty isolated. They may not have family nearby. They may not have any grandkids, but when they get around four-year-olds, they just they come alive, like in spirit, in their face. It is just, I don't know. It is such a beautiful thing to witness. Oh my, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like choked up. I know we yeah. got some people in their cars <laughs> who just pulled over to let the waterworks flow. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> it's in. What sorts of things do you guys do with with uh, the grandpas and the grandmas? So you know, it started out. I was thinking, man, it's going to be hard to get get volunteers, right? Like we came up with a training program and you know, went over all the rules. But the first day I showed up 6am because that's like how I do things on the first day of school, the first day only, you know, showing up that early. Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah. There were two grandparents right outside my door waiting at 6am. Like that's how excited they were to be there. And they really, they have just become a part of the fabric of our classroom. Like we go out into the public areas and we greet them every morning. We sing songs and work on like conversation skills and um, high fives, handshakes, hugs. And they come in the classroom and read with us. They play with us. They they help me run my small groups. So they read one-on-one with kids. And so I can work with smaller groups of students. And that helps them academically as well. They go fishing with us. They go out on the playground. We play bingo. We do music and exercise. And it's like so interesting because sometimes they're working on the same skills, like especially those in um, dementia or Alzheimer's care. Like mm-hmm. we're still really working on getting them to use their muscles, fine motor and gross motor, and also getting them to have conversations and to recall information. And so a lot of our objectives with the activities coordinator kind of overlap. And that's a really beautiful thing too. I'm about to go round up some like AARP members in the community <laughs> and bring them into my kindergarten class. You should. They would... Oh my gosh, they would be thrilled. They would I'm like it. dead serious. I think I want to yeah. launch something like this next year. Would. Oh my gosh, please do it. No wonder you're national teacher. Of the year. <laughs> this is so unique. I, I honestly have never heard about this, anything mm-hmm. like this. That's really amazing. Well, you know, it's more common. I think there is a classroom in Seattle that, and now I'm blanking on the name. Someone Google this. Yeah, I listen to a couple of podcasts. They're like, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, correction corner. But I think it's in Seattle. And there is a school in a nursing home there, but it's more common in like European countries. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So there are some videos out there. It's not totally unheard of. There's also a kindergarten in another town in Kansas in a nursing home who they've been around for 12 years, but it's kind of quiet. Like not a ton of people know about it. So I hope as national teacher of the year, I can sort of launch this idea and more and more people will be doing it. How's the process work for National Teacher of the Year? Mm-hmm. I've always been curious. You know, it, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> so basically, states all do their own process a little bit differently. But when you become a state teacher of the year, you're automatically a part of the National Teacher of the Year program, which is mm-hmm. hosted by the Council of Chief State School Officers. You might often see it <laughs> listed as CCSSO, which is a membership organization for like all of our state commissioners or state superintendents and they have lots of connections with educational in, 
um, entities across the country. Mm-hmm. And they have a process that's it's a written application that you turn in. And from that, they select from like 50, I think there's 56 of us that, um, from year to year from the territories and Department of Defense um, and the, you know, mainland United States. Yeah. And they pick four finalists. And so I was one of those last year, in addition to three other really incredible teachers who were all secondary educators, which was really oh, wow. Yeah. And then from that, there's a process where they fly you out to DC in a regular year and you prepare a keynote and speak in front of a panel of people. You do roundtable kind of interviews and you do mock media interviews. You do um, some interviews like we did um, Ed Week and Politico and maybe the oh, Washington yeah, wow. Post, I think, when we were there. And so they kind of that whole process, they watch and they make their decision based on that. OK, I'm not trying to like downplay it, but it's like a little bit of a pageant. I mean, yeah, they're like judges and you kind of your talent is your keynote. Right. (laughs) Your interview. My favorite date. uh, What did she say? (laughs) Miscongeniality. April. What day is it now? I'm going to butcher the joke. 24. (laughs) I didn't know it was like that. So but let me ask you this, though. What is the thing that like did they tell you later on like we selected you because we really Mm -hmm. admire your fill in the blank? Yeah. So when I got the call. I was surprised. You know, we were going to get a call either way to let us know yes or no. And one of the things that they told me was that the judges really loved my personality and the joy that showed through when I spoke and the passion and also the way that I was bringing together um, the young and the old, right? Like something really unique and special. And for sure, I think that that idea and that facilitation of that got got some attention, right? It's outside of the norm. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I'm I've been in the game 10 years like you, and I know that's not a lot in teaching years, but (laughs) it's like a third of what we'll end up doing, (laughs) but I have never heard of anything like that. So when I was like reading all your information on the website, I was like, this isn't, this is incredible. So no wonder they found the uniqueness in that. That is right. Thank you, CCSSO. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So 2020, most of what you've done has been virtual. Um, So do you get to meet the president? Is that like part of what they do when, when you've been? Oh my gosh. Yeah, so we usually have a whole week in Washington, which would have been last April, but it has been postponed and we have a date. Hopefully we'll have a date soon, hopefully. But as you know, with the pandemic, everything's always up in the air and also scheduling with the White House can be complicated, I'm sure, depending on what is going on at that time. But yes, so in the fall, I will be meeting the president and all the other state teachers of the year will be there too. Um, it's really a, an honor for all of us. That is incredible because I've always yeah. seen those pictures where it's yeah. all of this, all states and territories and the president. So mm-hmm. did you, you weren't even, you didn't even meet Donald Trump like electronically or virtually or anything like no, that? No, I did not. Actually, I did not hear from him, but I heard from lots of other legislators like Johanna Hayes called me and she is a former oh my of the God. year. And then um, Betsy DeVos actually did call me too. She called you. Yeah, she called me and congratulated me. And talked to you on the phone. She did. This is wild. <laughs> that I is wild. I private number, so I can't like, you know, call oh. them back and air my issues. But And be like, um, hey, Betsy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Listen, when I'm bringing you products in the podcast, I'm not just going to be slinging you anything. I'm only going to be talking to you about things that I've actually used and actually believe in, which is why I want to talk to you about Magic Mind, the world's first productivity drink. Now, that's productivity drink, not energy drink, like one of those caffeine-encrusted cans that you're going to mix with vodka that's going to have you bouncing off the walls until 5 a.m. No, this is a productivity drink with all natural ingredients like matcha and nootropics, which boost the blood flow, and aptogens, which help decrease your stress. And at first I thought that was just a bunch of hippy-dippy garbage that was going to taste like grass and just be blah, right? No, not at all. I actually prefer the taste. It was really good. Now, when I was reading it, too, it's like, oh, this is going to offset your brain fog and your fatigue and even your ADD symptoms. Now, listen, I am a person with ADHD, and I am not kidding you. When I drank this stuff, I said to myself, am I going to start drinking this in the morning instead of taking my Adderall? It's like that good. I'm not even kidding you. You just take one shot in the morning, one little canister, that's what it comes in, take it with your coffee, and boom, it goes to work. You're gonna feel it, you're gonna love it, you're gonna be knocking out that to-do list throughout the day. I highly recommend this stuff. I actually asked them if they could send me more because I loved it that much. Listen, I got 20% off for you if you wanna give it a try. Head over to https colon slash slash www.magicmind.co slash social Social studies and use the promo code social studies 20 for 20% off. That's magicmind.co using the promo code social studies 20 for 20% off. Do you do work with the upcoming teachers of the year? Yes. And so, well, so I'm in kind of a weird position because Kansas delayed their new teacher of the year selection process because of the pandemic. So I'm actually doing like a super senior year. Like I oh, am, cool. uh, I'm Kansas teacher of the year for this year too. Mm-hmm. But even if I wasn't, I would be involved. Like there's a little, I'm not like an official mentor or anything, but I will speak at some of the events for the new teachers of the year and for sure be a contact for them um, as they move forward. So what, what would you say is like your biggest, um, What's your biggest takeaway from all of this? And what do you hope to do with the title? Mm -hmm. So my biggest takeaway is if you think that you are doing something great, you probably are, but there is a nation of people doing things that are great. You know, sometimes I think that we feel isolated and we aren't, we aren't sure what's going on everywhere else, but there are so many incredible educators out there. And that is what I have learned through this process. I mean, just, I am so blown away and impressed. You know, I was chosen as national teacher of the year, but I always say that doesn't mean I'm the the best teacher in this country. This means I'm just representative of what's good. And I get to kind of be a conduit um, for all of that and help elevate other people's voices in this process. But as for my takeaway, you know, what I hope to do is really get people thinking about investing in early childhood education. But in addition to that, thinking about social emotional education for our students of all ages. Like not enough of that is taking place yes, in a ma'am. formal or an informal way, but it's, it's like it, just astronomically important. And, you know, I know that our brains aren't fully developed until we're like 24, but somehow after pre-K and kindergarten, we stop teaching kids social skills, but they, it's, it's not born into them. They need to know, they need to know how to work out conflicts and, and be a good friend and regulate their emotions. So that's a wow. big thing. You know, and social emotional learning is important. 
the entire gamut, pre-K to 12 mm -hmm. years old, and some students who are in public education longer than that. It is yeah. so important. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Yeah. We're, we're just out of time right mm -hmm. now. I can't even believe it. I have way too many <laughs> questions that I want to ask you. I feel like we're going to have to have a recap episode for all this too. <laughs> when you're back for our improv show. We're going to sell the tickets on the podcast yeah. later on too. <laughs> uh, where can people find you if they want to follow your journey and continue to follow you as you continue to spread your message mm -hmm. and like maybe even get some pointers of the unique teaching that you do with the elderly? So I'm anywhere social media can be found. I am on Instagram. If you look me up in toy 2020, that's what I am on Instagram and Facebook. And on Twitter, you can find me Tabitha Rossbroy. You can Google my name now, which is really cool. I feel like on the level of you, Joe, like you can Google me and find me like, yes, girl. <laughs> I do. Uh, I feel like I'm a, I, you don't, don't you ever, don't you ever talk about being on my level. I feel I am like honest to God, sincere when I say I'm bound. <laughs> on a greatness like what you do is so amazing i love oh. it well i have to tell you really quick that yeah. we I, you probably you probably get hundreds of these do you remember when you were on cameo i do okay i bought one of your cameos for my school <laughs> you know it's like so funny this is like three years ago and oh my, my school was so pumped so the idea that i get to like talk to you and interact with you it's it's really like a fangirl moment i want to let we're, you know we're not just talking right now like we're now friends i we hope you friends. understand that's what this means we have a business idea <laughs> we have become a podcast and investment club <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that we have a new blossoming friendship here. And I'm so glad that you were able to make time to join us today. Everybody, listen, what you're going to do now is you're going to pull over that car. You're going to go follow Tabitha. You're going to follow her journey. She's up to great things and you don't want to miss it. Tabitha, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Joe.